Welcome to Life and Business Strategies. I'm Jim Nissen. When I was at the university in the early 70s, I was studying for a degree in philosophy. And it turned out that most of the professors that I had were either socialists, Marxists, or communists, or all three. I had this one philosophy professor who was teaching Marxism. He wanted the class to do a special project and turn it in to be graded. So I thought that my special project would look like this. He kept saying over and over, the end justify the means, the end justify the means. It was like some kind of socialist mantra. He said that all the killing in communist Russia and communist China were justified. I'd been to Vietnam during the war with the Merchant Marines, and I saw our soldiers that were shot up. It was hard for me to believe that all the killing was justified to expand communism. I figured that the class wasn't getting that message. A friend of mine who was in the class was going to confront the professor that the end does not always justify the means. We're talking about a stadium classroom with about 300 people in it at the University of Washington. The professor was down on the ground level, and my friend Terry sat up a few levels. Terry was going to start confronting the professor and objecting that all the killing wasn't justified in China or Russia, which was an anti-communist statement. I was sitting down in the front row. I had this big coat on. I hadn't shaved for a while. My hair was kind of messed up, and I looked kind of sweaty and had kind of a weird look on my face. Terry stood up to confront the professor, and when he did, I stood up, pulled a gun out of my pocket, and shot him. Bam! He grabs his heart, and the blood's running all over the place. He falls to the ground. Everybody's screaming. I immediately walk out the door, and this guy from the class follows me. I continued walking further up the campus. I knew this guy wanted to stop me from fleeing the crime scene. So I turned around and said, Dude, it was a fake gun, and it was ketchup. It's my class project. <laughs> he looks at me, and he couldn't believe it. Meanwhile, the ambulance siren is wailing, and I see it drive by, lights are flashing, and I kept walking home. The next day, I get a call from the Dean of Arts and Sciences. He wanted to see me. So I go to his office, and he says, Well, what happened yesterday? I said that the professor was telling us that communism was so great and that killing people was justified. So I was a communist for a day. When my friend Terry confronted the professor, who was a communist, Terry had anti-communist ideas, so I shot him. I was a shining example of a good communist and that the end justify the means by getting rid of anyone who objects to the party line, just like in communist Russia and communist China. My point was that killing people is shocking. You need to be shocked to realize what you're talking about when you justify killing millions of people to take control of a country. The end does not always justify the means. The sanctity of life shouldn't be devalued or overlooked. So as I explained my project to him, he looks at me like, hmm. He didn't really condone it, but he did shake his head as if to say, I get it. And then he says, you know, you're going to have to pay for that ambulance fee. And I said, okay. And that was it. The Black Book of Communism, published by the Harvard University Press, documents that communist regimes have killed over 100 million people in the last 100 years. The New York Times reported in March of 2018 
that the per capita income in China was $4,000. In both Russia and China, the ruling class became millionaires and billionaires. No one was equal. Maybe they believe everybody's equal when they're dead. Socialism, also known as progressivism, continues to creep into our society. Many of us are not aware of what happens to our freedom in a socialist society. Socialism takes away our individual rights and liberties. Our system of democracy and capitalism preserves your freedom. Let me explain. After my experience of being a communist for a day, I went back to finish my degree in philosophy. Fortunately, the department actually hired somebody that wasn't a socialist. He was a philosopher from Oxford and taught at Harvard and Stanford. I studied philosophy of law with him, which centered on natural laws. Later, I went to law school and became a lawyer. Natural laws operate all the time. Morality comes from natural law. What's right and what's wrong? Natural law includes do's and don'ts, like in the Ten Commandments. Our Constitution is based on natural laws. The framers believed in natural rights. These are rights that are derived from God, not the state, and therefore they're inalienable. No matter what socialists think up, there's always a natural law operating behind the scenes. Let's look at one of the Ten Commandments. It says, do not covet or take other people's property. Don't steal. That's exactly what socialists do. They see someone with wealth and they really want it bad. They don't have it and they want it. So they'll take it from them. There's nothing moral about wanting somebody else's property and then stealing it and then justifying it. This is just a way to steal your freedom. In the last 100 years, there have been 40 countries that forced socialism on their people, and in every case, the leaders took the money and got rich. No one else did. Socialists promote an economic system that forcefully transfers some people's money to others. This isn't a mark of personal compassion or generosity. It's force which is the basis of socialism. They force you to think what they want you to think. And if you don't, they punish you or kill you. Or in Hollywood, they won't do deals with you. Socialists forcefully take your freedom. A capitalist society leaves it to the individual to decide their values. The individual creator is the heart of capitalism. Capitalism doesn't pretend to be a moral system. It facilitates man's inalienable right to liberty and produces greater prosperity for more people than any other economic system. And for those reasons alone, it's morally superior. Capitalism isn't a religion. Socialism pretends to be a religion, but it's not. Their god is the state. Only religion is a religion. We're all equal in the eyes of God, and we're equal under the law. But no one is really equal. We're all each individually unique, like different flowers, and that's the beauty of it. Karl Marx and Frederick Engels created Marxism and Socialism, which advocates that production, distribution, and exchange should be owned or regulated by the state. Marx, socialists, progressives, and communists believe that the economy is a material object that can be divided up like a pie. They fail to understand what created the pie in the first place and what incentives are necessary to keep it advancing. Wealth is dependent on creativity and ideas. 
Look how different our world is compared to Marx's world of 1867. They didn't have computer chips, cell phones, or the internet. We have more wealth than they could imagine. Marx and Engels pulled much of their philosophy from Hegel. At a prestigious university, a student saw the following that was written on a blackboard. God is dead. Signed, Hegel. The next day, the student walks by the blackboard, and it was crossed out. And now it said, Hegel is dead. Signed, God. Marx and Hegel didn't understand that we're spiritual beings having an earthly experience. People in the real world are spiritual, and we have no boundaries. Creativity has no boundaries. The economy can expand as fast as ideas are comprehended. Ask yourself, why are you so successful? Do you admire and emulate successful people, or are you envious and resentful of successful people? Naive people believe they're going to get all these freebies that socialists offer. The socialists know they can't deliver, but they also know they'll get rich and powerful if they get the population to believe them. Socialists have never delivered the fake utopia that they promise, and they never will. Socialist propaganda, groupthink, political correctness is just mind control. They want to control. If you get out of line, you're shunned, disappear, or get killed. This isn't utopia. This is our worst nightmare. Ask the people in China, Hong Kong, or Tibet what they think about losing their freedom. We're all creative. When we create something, it's a surprise to us. We thought about it, but we didn't know if it would really happen. When it happens, we say, whoa. George Gilder said socialism is based on the false assumption that we already know all that we need to know to plan our future. Karl Marx made the mistake to imagine the Industrial Revolution represented the final human achievement. He thought that the dark mills and labor-intensive jobs were the total of society's achievement. He wasn't interested in the creation of wealth since he assumed that it was already created in its totality. He was interested in the redistribution of wealth. Now, Silicon Valley says big data, AI, robotics, biotech, search engines, machine learning is the ultimate human attainment, and in the future we can all retire since the wealth has been created. This is Silicon Valley Marxism. They think they've achieved the final human achievement and that the wealth will always be there. That's why you hear them wanting to redistribute other people's wealth, but not their own. Socialists say they know now all they need to know and have all the information to plan the future. And that's ridiculous. Are they really going to order up food for 329 million people in our country every day? No. How about feeding the world 7.2 billion people? It's not going to happen under socialism. The future is unpredictable, and we need creativity to learn to deal with the future. Economic growth is based on learning and the increase of knowledge. Learning, being open to creativeness, and open to surprise is the heart of capitalism. Learning is finding out things you don't already know. The human mind is the ultimate creator, and it reestablishes the individual creator as the heart of the system. Big data is not the heart of the system. Our Constitution was made for a moral and religious people. John Adams said the Constitution can't supply a society's religious and moral foundation any more than an economic system could. Society must have those values for the Constitution to be able to work as intended and secure the individual rights that it guarantees. 
The Constitution guarantees our religious liberties and our right to pursue happiness. Our system can accommodate and foster creative capitalism, and our capitalist economy can accommodate surprise and free society. Socialists tempt you with freebies, and then they take your freedom. Socialism promises fake equality. Sure, everybody's equal, except the fat cats that run the government. The economist Milton Freeman said, The essential notion of a capitalist society is voluntary cooperation and voluntary exchange. The essential notion of a socialist society is force. A society that puts equality before freedom will get neither. A society that puts freedom before equality will get a high degree of both. I'm Jim Nissing. For more life and business strategies, go to jimnissing.com.